0: Hey, B. Mm-hmm. can I ask you a question? Always. What's the one thing when we travel that we always make sure we find?
1: Oh, coffee. You know, bad coffee makes my brain angry.
0: And We've been a lot of places.
1: We've had a lot of coffee.
0: But when we're home, there's only one place that we get coffee from.
1: Yeah, Hacienda Real in Costa Rica.
0: We found this place when we were in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a micro roastery. Using only Costa Rican beans. Their blend is a mix of Arabica and Peaberry. And if you don't know about Peaberry, you need to find out about it because Mm. it is amazing. Takes all
1: the bitterness out. All
0: the bitterness out. And we place orders and it's shipped directly to our door.
1: You can get light, medium, or dark roast. You can get ground. You can get whole bean. And it is roasted to order. So... There is a date stamped on your coffee so you know when it was roasted and bagged. It's good for a year after you order it, and it is the best coffee that we have ever had.
0: So click the link in our show notes or go to goldenbean.net and use the offer code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order.
1: Hacienda Real, keep your brain happy. Hey, Dante. Hey, B. Looking pretty smart in your undies.
0: Thanks, to have been doing my deads.
1: <laughs> Oh, I can see that. But it's not just what's in them, it's what's on them.
0: Oh yeah, I got on my smart-ass undies. They're not just super comfy, they've got cheeky motivations on them that keep me in the right state of mind.
1: Oh yeah, like we could all use a little brain lift these days, am I right? They're also lovingly made from sustainable, low-impact materials, so we can love the planet and cover our asses all at the same time.
0: Motivate your ass with smart-ass undies. Click the link in the show notes or on the Things We Love page on our website.
1: And remember to enter the discount code Fear 10 for 10% off your order.
0: Smartass undies.
1: Cheeky and comfy. And I'm Beatrice.
0: And this is Cheating on Fear.
1: Welcome back, everybody.
0: Welcome back. All right. So what did we finish watching last night? <laughs> Super uplifting, motivational, inspirational television?
1: Well, That's about on brand for us, though. I mean, I don't, I don't think we've watched anything uplifting since uh, Queen's Gambit. <laughs> uh,
0: so that would be a big psych. Then.
1: Yeah. This week, we need to talk about The Vow. The Vow. Yeah.
0: Which... Took me a while to find in our library of things because it's not about a vow, per se. Well, it is, but, but it's it's about something that was really big in the news a couple of years ago. And it's a it's uh well, I mean, everybody probably knows it as a cult.
1: Yeah, but you know, it's I've But it's so much to, more than that. Well, though. I've talked to a couple of people about this docuseries and Uh, so The Vow is the HBO docu-series on the Nexium
0: cult. Which, as we finished it last night, realized there's a second season.
1: Yeah, it's coming this year.
0: What kind of docu-drama series thing has two seasons?
1: I think now it's about, like, this this second season is about the arrests and the trials oh, and all that kind of stuff. I can
0: see what it's about. It's just, oh. who who drags it out that long? I
1: mean, I think it's kind of cool. I mean, as somebody who enjoys murder, murder, shows, shows, and murder co- shows and cult shows.
0: <laughs> and don't forget about <laughs> the cult
1: shows. Mo- the cult more episodes, shows. the better. Um, <laughs> yeah. But because... I- I'm really interested in the whys of things, the hows and whys. Yeah, of, it don't. It, I'm like the opposite of just the facts, ma'am. Like, no, no, I want all the nuance all the and all the background yeah. and all the cultural context and the historical context and the psychological offshoots. I want all of it.
0: Okay, so let's let's back up a little bit. So, nixium, n x i, is it v or u? I think it's a v m. V m. Yeah. Nixium. Yeah. nixium. Inxium, whatever. But it's like
1: a V as in, like, like what you Roman see U. on the Justice Building. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Like yeah. a
0: Roman letter U. And it's about this guy, Keith. I always thought it was Rainier, but it's Raniere. Rainier. Rainier. Yeah. Uh, Who's this. I feel
1: like it's just like all the Americans just mispronounce the spelling of that. But what well, okay.
0: was the South African that says it Raniere.
1: No, but I, I just feel like that's the American right. pronunciation and everybody just says it wrong. And it is. You it know, is, like, like. Like ganache.
0: Ganache. is not ganache. <laughs> Quesadillas. We just butchered two languages there.
1: <laughs> We're stupid in three languages. Yeah. Oh my God, that's the best.
0: <laughs> I should sure put that clip in there about, about the venti.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Venti means 20. Yeah. We're no, yeah.
0: stupid in three languages. Congratulations. <laughs> so Keith Raniere founded this thing called Executive Success Program. Yeah. Which was sort of a... Um, Basically, trying to find a way for people to find the blocks that were preventing them from from becoming the best version of themselves, ostensibly in business. I mean, I
1: want to be very careful that you know we don't it, we don't sound like what we're doing on this podcast here is too much like Nexium. It was like a human potent, human optimization program. Basically. Yes, but
0: but there was a financial a big financial sort of end to it. You had to buy these courses, these intensives and all these kinds of things. And then there was this like level system and you could like level up. It's kind of
1: funny because he was like, okay, let's just talk about, let's just talk about him for a second. Okay.
0: So we're gonna talk about the founder then.
1: We're just gonna talk about Keith Rennary for a second. Okay. Okay. And I look at this whole Nexium cult thing and all of the offshoots and all the things that we're gonna talk about. This is a cautionary tale of napoleon complex gone about as wrong as it can go yeah and and all the things that go along with like sexual insecurity you know psychopathy control issues like the whole thing like mm. just this just this little megalomaniac yeah running around looking like jesus and just being impressive enough
0: To hook people.
1: To hook people, including the Dalai Lama, but we won't even go there right now. And it blows my mind. Well, I I think because... Hold on. Yeah? It blows my mind because right now we're living in a, a, a time where nobody wants to talk to you unless you're walking around with sources floating above your head. Right. They don't want to hear anything you have to say. And yet this guy, in the early 2000s, was able to just say shit... Yeah. about who he was and what he knew and nobody ever stopped to go hold on
0: like his resume is like i'm a judo champion at 11 at
1: 11 <laughs> i have
0: an iq of 240 which like the highest recorded is like 165 yeah <laughs> right i could have been a concert pianist but, but didn't but
1: weren't yeah. i am a con- like i'm a concert like i'm at that level are you yeah. d- like does d- anyone with an untrained ear know the difference between Pretty good and really fucking good. It's
0: like somebody who says I'm a doctor because they put Dr. period in front of their <laughs> name, right? Like it was that kind of thing, and people just went, "Yeah, yeah, cool. okay." Well, he had the- some business success, so he had some, sure. some credentials to kind of ride on. But it's
1: like when people go, "This is the, this is the, he's the smartest man in the world," says him. Yeah, and this is the thing. Like I, I did a quick Google search as we were watching this. To go, you know, well, oh, this guy has a 240 IQ. And I was like, wow, that sounds excessively high. Like, isn't genius level like 135? And then you look up. It takes you two seconds to look up the highest recorded Well, now IQ. in 2021,
0: not in like 1994.
1: Yeah, but it was it was still like... Two, I feel like, they like had, it's easily verifiable. They had the internet in 2005 and 2006. Yeah. Like, they had that shit. Yeah. And it's just kind of like what like did this number not sound weird a, to anyone it seems else
0: so excessively high yeah
1: it's like it's like a, a five-year-old that says i've eaten eight million bugs in my life and you're like okay like you know how
0: big's your dick eight nine inches nine thousand inches and nobody goes really like
1: why are you asking a child how big their not dick a is? child
0: just like oh <laughs> not. No, I just want that to be clear. Are never... we switching back to men now? <laughs> yeah, we're talking about
1: <laughs> like I have a sixteen-inch dick. Do you? Yeah, like, right. You're 5'7". 7 That's probably not probably not real. Uh, yeah. But but there's the thing, you know, can can you can you exaggerate at a believable? Yeah, like space? believable
0: would be like I have an IQ of like one fifty-five.
1: Okay, and then people go, "Fuck, well, that's cool. He's a smart guy." Yeah. You know, but if you think Forrest Gump had an IQ of of seventy-five, and and he's just This is what's so fascinating to me is because it's almost like these are the most dangerous people because they're just smart enough. They get enough other people to go, wow. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, physically, he's non-threatening enough for people to go, oh, he must really know what he's talking about because this like, because he was so unassuming looking, Mm -hmm. not particularly good looking not not physically not imposing not a big guy not no. physically imposing not like super fit or anything like that which becomes kind of interesting later on and it's and it's kind of interesting where like people call him a scientist and he calls himself a scientist and they talk about these Nexium programs this ESP program as a technology mm-hmm. which i find is such a
0: well like it's biohacking right that's but it's
1: odd but it's odd terminology for what they were doing And I think that, you know, obviously I never went through these programs, but there are a lot of, there's, there's so much psychology embedded in all of this Mm -hmm. and you think it's psychology that's, that's helping you and helping all these people, but it's really just, you know, allowing these people to make, to make more money and to draw you in deeper and deeper and deeper. And mm-hmm. so by the time you realize that something's a little funky with this, you've invested so much time and money and energy and it is your entire community. Well, and I, and I guess, I mean, that's the nature of cults, right? They get you so deep in before you realize something's up.
0: Well, one of, one, of the, one of the stars of the documentary or one of the main principal characters in this documentary said it very well at the end where it's like, nobody, nobody joins a cult, no, they join a good idea. Sure, right, and then it's way later that you realize, holy fuck, this thing's all fucked up, I'm a right? Fuck, I'm gonna no. Cult. Norm, no sane person joins a call no. voluntarily, right?
1: It's like an abuse, and it's like any other kind of abusive yeah. relationship, right? Abusers don't abuse right away; otherwise, nobody would be in a yeah. relationship yeah, you with got them. Got
0: punched out. By on the, on the, your, first, on the date. first date, you'd be like, "I guess what well, I'm not doing again." I think I'm done. Yeah,
1: but that's not how it starts, no. right?
0: And it started with them with this ESP program mm-hmm. as this like opt- human optimization, and 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 there were a lot of parts of it that worked really well for a lot of people.
1: We were watching it, and they were laying out the tenets of it and the idea of it and this whole like grand idea of making a better world through making better humans yeah. and, and ethical, people, ethical humans, ethical humans that are realizing their potential. So they're going to be happier people, happier people do more for others, happier people make a better planet. And yeah. I remember thinking, that's something that I could totally get you on can, board yeah, with. Absolutely.
0: Like, and if somebody said to you, here are the keys how to do that? You go, yeah, cool. I, cool. I want to learn more.
1: But then the first roadblock is it's $2,700. dollars mm-hmm. US mm-hmm. to do your first program. And I I, I want to be very careful when we're talking about this, that I'm not, these people are not weak minded. They're not stupid. They're not, you know, there were some very intelligent, successful, creative, open minded people in this caught up in this cult. And those are the types of things I try to reconcile in my mind about how does this happen Mm -hmm. and this is what makes people like renery so insidious is that they tap into that absolute base need of humans to belong Mm -hmm. to find their people to find like-minded individuals to feel like there's a purpose to you being here Mm -hmm. and i think that's a really hard thing to go you don't really have a purpose yeah you know, this is what I was born to do. No, No. that's, it's just something that you found that you really like. And that's enough. Mm -hmm. But I think this, you know, people feeling, you know, like they're kind of, especially successful people where they feel like they're kind of floundering around going, is this it? Is this all there is? And
0: these successful people joined this, this company and gave up like, the company became their full-time job. Yeah, pretty like much. Like, one of, one of the main characters, Mark... What's Mark's last name? Vicente. Mark Vicenti. Who is the documentarian, who's, by the way. Who's the, the documentarian of yeah. this, yeah and, yeah. and one of the protagonists. And he was a filmmaker, apparently a very successful documentary filmmaker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think what was so striking about this documentary from the very beginning, besides the kind of, like immediate suspense they throw at you in the very first episode of mm-hmm. like they're coming to get me like i, I don't know if i'm safe whatever whatever <laughs> right. and then they kind of work back to that moment over sure. the course of the of the first season but because mark was so heavily involved in nexium and because of his skill set as a filmmaker they have what looks like thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of footage from everything from like going for our car ride to conferences and workshops and everything and so i can only imagine the reason that that they're able to put this documentary together is because mark has copies of all of that video that he took
1: well he was basically seconded to be the documentarian of of the company Mm -hmm. and shoot promotional material and which some of which he starred
0: in yes uh, absolutely because he he was pretty high up in the company he was on
1: the board yeah uh he was on the board but it's a very eerie point of view because very rarely do you get a look that intimate.
0: Yeah, you're the fly on the wall. Yeah. And so it's not just he said, she said, or he said, they said, whatever. It's like, you were there. You can see how Raniere did his stuff and you can, they have phone conversations that they recorded Mm. as they were, you know, because for all sorts of reasons they were worried about their safety, and you have people rationalizing with them. So- why did somebody take all this time to make an HBO docu series about this cult? Like, what do we know about this going into the vow?
1: I mean, we know that we know that some people went to jail, and, mm-hmm. and we're going to get to that. Just you know, spoiler alert: Ranieri just got sentenced in October twenty twenty to hundred and twenty years
0: in prison. Before that's before he can get parole.
1: No, he got sentenced to 120 oh, with years. No chance of parole. He's 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 eligible for parole and I was like I had to read the date more than once because I was like am I reading that properly? I'm not a numbers person. <laughs> but I don't think he, he's not eligible for parole until spring 2120.
0: I love how they say spring. Like it's going to matter whether it's March or April. I feel like it was a month, but
1: I don't remember what it was. So I just added spring. <laughs> like but the, it was like
0: in the next century, bro. You're you're yeah. going to be eligible for parole. Wait, wait to shave off twenty years of your 120 year sentence, right? Like <laughs> so, effectively four life sentences. Pretty much,
1: and and I think it's interesting that you brought up the point of rationalization, and I, this is kind of where I want to go with this, is with the main idea being wanting to belong and finding that community of like-minded people. And I think what happened with a lot of people is regardless of the weirdness with Ranieri, they found their best friends in this community. They Mm -hmm. found their spouses in this community. They found, and how do you, it makes it very, very difficult to separate yourself from that. Even if you start to see things that don't look quite right and you know they don't look... Quite right, but you bury those, or you rationalize, or you justify, or you ignore, because you're not ready to make that trade off. And I think the pile on on the weird side of the scale has to get to a certain tipping point before you go, okay, like well, now I have to go. So things like you find this great community, and you know, and there were sort of centers, Nexium centers all over the country yeah. and in Canada, there was yeah. one in Vancouver, so. You didn't see Raniere all the time. But when people experienced him, then it was kind of like, oh, this is weird. And his main center was in Albany. In New York State. New York. Yeah. And so when they would experience him, that was when things were like, oh, that's weird. Like, for example, and watching the footage on this, like, squicked me out so hard. Mm. I was just like, oh. How does he greet people? He would greet everyone, everyone, by kissing them on the mouth. Which... (laughs) This year squicks me out even more because I'm just like, no, no, oh God. But it just, it's so inappropriate.
0: Yeah. And they never gave a justification on why he did it. It's just, that's Keith. That's what he does. That's what
1: he wanted because that, because he was really good at controlling people and just doing what he wanted to do and, and someone that liked that contact and liked that deference i think it was a deference to him that mm-hmm. he really got off on and he would he would get people to do the most outlandish shit just because he could mm-hmm. so so the kissing on the mouth was one thing like that's red flag red flag
0: red flag it's like one of your favorite tiktok trends
1: it's one of my favorite sounds red mm-hmm. flag it's yeah it's like don't touch this red flag it's really good tell me about the volleyball games
0: so, it's so so weird when it's they so weird. Like volleyball is such an odd thing. It's a cool sport, but it's just such an odd thing to become kind of like the that and walks were like the main physical activities that that Keith Rania was always interested in, and so he would have these volleyball games at like one in the morning.
1: All night, they all would play. all night.
0: Yeah, but they wouldn't start until midnight. Midnight, something like that. It was like they would get, they would go to like the local community center, or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they would start using that gym. And it would be a combination of like volleyball games and like a chance to speak one on one with Ranieri
1: He would hold court. Yeah, after like, these volleyball games. Yeah, and start talking to people.
0: And people would get introduced to him at these things. Yeah. and all all this kind of stuff. And and it was so ingenious the way that he he developed this whole thing because as soon as you have like an objection to some part of the course material or some activity or some behavior, it's not because that's wrong. It's because you have a block that <laughs> mm-hmm. needs to be cleared. Mm-hmm. So what is it about you that is making you uncomfortable in this situation? Cause mm-hmm. it's not the situation that's uncomfortable. It's you that's uncomfortable. And it creates this second guessing and this doubting of these people that that as they work through this program which just basically sets them up for control yes in some very extreme ways as it goes down but these volleyball games were just so weird just awkward and weird
1: well and the, and the more i think about it the more it it makes sense from a control point of view right the whole you know, there's not a problem with the program. You have a blockage. There's something wrong with you. There's a fear you need to get past. And when you have all these other people that you've bonded with in that same room and all those eyes are looking at you Mm -hmm. of what's your block? What are you afraid of? Why can't you, why aren't you stepping up? Why can't you do this for yourself? And you go, yeah, it's like when everybody goes, do you feel that, do you feel that? And everybody in the room goes, yeah, I feel it, I feel it. And even if you don't feel it, you go, oh yeah, sure, I, I. I yeah, you want to be part of it, whether you feel it or not. I'm that see you next Tuesday that goes, yeah, I don't feel it. Well, but.
0: and like, and people would charge in in Nixium. they would charge a lot of money to help with these blockages. Oh, clear, like yeah. Like hundreds of dollars for yeah. a session. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And
1: what were they called, like EMs or something like yeah,
0: that? Yeah, yeah, EMs. And,
1: and the so the other thing that I was th- because i was thinking about again my question always is why 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 well he was a smart why, guy for sure yeah no no no. but but the why of the volleyball games oh okay. okay and think about what happens to people's brains when they're sleep deprived and sleep deprivation seems to be a very it's a main th- thread through this cult yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of um Deprivation Food deprivation Starvation mm-hmm. Constant monitoring Of For the women anyway Of weight And we'll get into like The women's stuff A little bit later Because I think that's That's really where
0: Well that's where this whole that's, Sex cult that's, thing That's comes where from. it gets Super yeah.
1: juicy right But If you think about He's got these people Playing volleyball so With the him wee hours They the start morning. at midnight It's going until the wee hours And then he holds court And answers questions And talks and things like that Think about the arousal state that people are in at that point, right? Mm. They're they've just finished some physical activity, so they're feeling good, right? They're feeling positive. They have that endorphin rush, but then they're but then they're also sleep deprived, so that would make them more suggestible because their brains are tired. So they're just going to accept what they're being given at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think that is that is really really smart, you know, people are feeling good and so they're going to associate keith with those good feelings because he's arranged and facilitated this game and that sense of community and physical activity but then at the same time everybody's exhausted everybody's highly suggestible and so then he just starts talking and starts filling people's minds with whatever he wants and then people sleep on it and they wake up the next day and go he's fucking god Mm -hmm. like he's and and yeah, that is an ingenious way to indoctrinate people and start to exert control over people. And then if you are feeling like something's wrong, what do you say to people? I think there's something going on here. What are you talking about? He's a great guy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, it's hard enough when there's all kinds of people who who talk about this. one. He's a fucking amazing guy. He's a great guy. And you go, this guy's a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. And they all look at you and go, what's wrong with you? <laughs> right? Yeah. Until something super egregious happens. And then you go... Uh,
0: and even then, it was hard to convince people.
1: Yes. Because it's just like anything else, unless you're your experience... Unless, when, when it's so... It's so, mm-hmm.
0: so apropos of 2020, yeah, 2021, right? racism, yeah. misogyny,
1: you know, all the things. If it hasn't happened to you, doesn't it doesn't exist. Yeah. That's, you know, it's not an empathy gap anymore. It's an empathy chasm. Yeah, yeah. It's an empathy Grand Canyon. Yeah. But I think, yeah, there was a lot of things that kind of like burrow into your brain and then you go, yeah, but on balance, like it's positive positive, we're doing good work here and all the people that I love here. But then then what happens is Aunt Beru.
0: Yeah, from the new, from the Star Wars prequels.
1: The Australian actress that plays yep. Aunt Beru who joined NXIVM, yep, Bonnie met Bonnie, mm-hmm. met Mark. Mark, Vicente. They fell in love and they got married. Yep. But seven years in, she goes, I'm fucking out of here.
0: Yeah, I'm leaving.
1: I've seen some things I don't like. This doesn't feel right. I don't like this. There's a lot of lies and secrecy and a lot of
0: control, bad
1: shit going on mm. here. I have to go. Now, don't get too excited. Yeah. But imagine that you and I are married and we're in this group.
0: <laughs> don't get too excited.
1: And I go, I'll stop myself. And I call you and I go, I'm out. What, what are you feeling?
0: Well, oh, I think I would feel... And you were
1: in there first. Yeah. He's uh, got 12 years.
0: Yeah. She, she's got. Like, he's
1: 12 years in and on the board and she's got seven years yeah, in. Yeah.
0: And he's like, he's not, even, not only is he on the board, but he's like super high up in the organization in terms of the way that the, the people train and all that kind the of way stuff. He's,
1: and the way he's viewed and, and respected. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And he feels, I think, the way I would feel in that he's super torn. Mm-hmm. Because on the one hand, he loves his partner mm-hmm. and he trusts her and, and what have you. But on the other hand, he, his whole identity, his whole career, almost everything that makes him the person that he is is tied up in this. And his wife is telling him it's all a lie. Right. Like the cognitive dissonance of like trying to reconcile those two like completely polar opposite views... It's a mind fuck.
1: And then you have everyone else. Then you have the influence of everyone
0: else that remains in that group. Well, Mark's really good friends with Sarah Edmondson, mm-hmm. who is. Uh, she was a kind of like a B actress, a mm-hmm. Canadian actress. She was in some stuff, mm-hmm. but never made it huge. And they had a connection because they were in Hollywood, so mm-hmm. to speak. And she also, th- around she came in shortly they, after mark yeah, and yeah. and and rose through the ranks together so mm-hmm. she was also very really high up yeah. and he's having he's expressing like she's his confidant and he's mm-hmm. expressing these doubts and these concerns while well, at the same time sarah has some of her own shit that's going on
1: yeah she's not quite there yet like no. she she and and this is the thing is that these relationships that you work so hard and invest so much in you have to just cut off like i i know that in the Mormon church there, you get excommunicated and that's it. Like nobody talks, nobody talks to you, your family, your friends, your community. Like you have to be prepared to go it alone on the outside Mm -hmm. because, and I think that's the same kind of, I'm not calling Mormonism a cult. I'm just saying that in this, in this Nexium cult, that was what people were up against. Not to mention the fact that this Raniere character, it, emerges that he's a very vindictive
0: yeah cult leader yeah. and he doesn't just let people go off into the sunset and no. don't don't you ever say anything bye he tries to destroy them he goes on his 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 defense is is an offense basically
1: well and he i mean and this is he's one of these guys that you know you talked the other day about that person that just kind of falls upward yeah and and he impresses very early on the Bronfman sisters yeah, who are the
0: heiresses of the Seagram alcohol fortune mm-hmm. that that Edgar Bronfman is worth so much money and his kids are worth tens or hundreds of millions of dollars oh hundreds of millions hundreds because each.
1: there there was some documentation to suggest that they had put over 65 million dollars into nexium into yeah and a like lot when of- they
0: went to go meet the dalai lama they flew on the Bronfman's private plane <laughs> to, to <laughs> nepal
1: and apparently edgar Bronfman's just kind of thrown up his hands like fuck whatever yeah you know what do what you want but what a lot of that money was used for was to bury yeah litigation. dissenters in litigation, t- we're talking about
0: hundreds of lawsuits simultaneously, like three hundred lawsuits against one person.
1: Yeah, in in like what, like a, like a month, yeah, a month or two month period, and one woman that left, Susan Duns.
0: Don't don't as Duns a thing. Duns yeah, Duns.
1: She she her full time job was fighting these lawsuits. Yeah, she won, but the thing is, is that they have all this money to just. Go ahead and throw all these all this litigation yeah. these people's way and then just continue on. And these people's lives are stalled so that they can fight all of this in court. And even if they win, they're so far on the back foot now, their lives are ruined. Mm-hmm. Like, there was another woman, I believe his ex girlfriend, Tony N- N- Natalie, N- and I think it. it took her. Oh, no. Or was that Boucher? I think that was Barbara Boucher. It took her seven years to pay off her almost million dollars.
0: Close to three quarters of a million dollars in legal fees. In legal 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 fees. fees. Yeah. For leaving. For leaving. She was a financial planner. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It
1: was just... This is the thing. I don't want to get too far into the specifics because if you... If you have the opportunity to watch the docuseries, I suggest you w- this is not a not even close to a replacement for watching it. No, no. This it's, is about pulling deep. out some it's of the me. themes that are broadly applicable. But would he have the opportunity to go after people that way and have the control over people, if not for the Bronfman sisters? And and they've been brought up on charges too. They they they, have. they pled guilty to a lot of stuff. Oh, did they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, all the all the women that were involved, and we're going to get into the main woman that was involved yeah. shortly, pled guilty yeah. to to charges brought up against them because I think they realized that there was just too many people with too much evidence, and they weren't going to be able to fight that in court.
0: Well, so. I I think the way I first heard about Nexium was that woman that we've alluded to. And the fact that she was an actress on a fairly famous actress that was involved in this, mm-hmm. and that was that was that's when this whole Nexium thing kind of hit my mind a couple of years ago when, when it all came out right around the around the time of the Me Too,
1: and and that was an that was probably like the happy accident mm. for Nexium being brought down because. People were rumbling about this cult for years.
0: Yeah, they, they, people had gone to the FBI and. The, the New York Times had,
1: yeah. had released a story. That was right after me, too. But, like, yeah. so there's another character in, the, in this, Frank Parlato, yeah. who used to be Ranieri's publicist.
0: He seems like an odd guy. He's very odd. He doesn't seem like a very joyful man. Well, I mean, if you think about
1: probably our other most known publicist is Samantha Jones. Yes.
0: He's he's, he is definitely (laughs) he's not he's not even a polar opposite. He's in a different solar system from from Samantha Jones and Sex in the City. But he
1: he has had a blog for years and years and years called The Frank Report. And he had been posting Articles about Nexium for years and years to no avail. Like yeah, nobody it would do was do anything about it. Was treated as kind
0: of like a like a uh, like a tabloid. A tabloid because it was yeah. very sensationalized. Not, I mean, that was probably on purpose. But the subject material was also quite sensational as well, right? Mm-hmm. But people just couldn't believe that it was real.
1: Exactly, and 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 just just to circle around to what we were talking about, Ranieri was not just a control freak. He was very vindictive, and He couldn't, he could not accept rejection Mm -hmm. from women. He had to destroy them. It wasn't enough. And this is the thing, when you think about human optimization and realization of human potential, isn't like forgiveness and acceptance and letting go and respecting people's autonomy? Don't those sound like things that would go along with optimization of being an ethical human and well, he, making the world a better place he
0: asked the dalai lama that yeah he was like what do you do when you're sure when people are coming after you and you are sure they are wrong yeah at what point do you stop turning a blind eye and and do you fight and the dalai lama gave him a real kind of like non like well
1: sometimes you have to take appropriate action
0: yeah that was it and but but
1: if you told the Dalai Lama, so my girlfriend dumped me and she left my cult, like what do I do? And he'd be like nothing. Yeah. But but this is this is the kind of thing that frightens me where you think about and and I guess I don't know. I don't know a lot about the Dalai Lama like I don't. I'm not into all that stuff. We but, need to
0: watch we need to watch 7 Years in Tibet.
1: But it seems ugh, But it it seems like he's he is so earnest. Mhm. He's almost like a babe in the woods. Do you know?
0: The Dalai Lama? Yeah. Like he's
1: almost childlike in his acceptance of people are who they say they are and their motivations are true and people are coming to him in truth and integrity. And that just was not (laughs) how that went. But
0: but the Bronfman's... And their contacts were able to get an audience with him, And so I think his guard was down because right, his advisors yeah. had got them in. Yeah, right?
1: and they had said, "Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, like, this, this guy's guy, is yeah. a good guy. You know, and whatever, he looks like whatever. Jesus, and yeah. you know, it'll be a big thing." Let's talk about, and this is this is what ultimately brings Nexium down. And I think in everything from this to like three hundred, like it it amuses me and. And astounds me all at the same time that what they people have this great thing going, whether it's criminal or not. And what brings them down is hubris.
0: Always. They
1: just go too
0: far. Mm -hmm.
1: They just go too far. So the thing with Nexium, they had lots of different offshoots to sort of categorize people into. Their main point of yeah. interest.
0: ESP was the was the main way in. That was the gateway. That was the gateway in, and then yeah. there were these women's programs and these so they men's had, programs. So the
1: so the women the men's program was called Society of Protectors. Okay, and tell me a little bit about that. Like what 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 did you what kind of jumped out at you about that?
0: So group the thing that really kind of hit me with that is the whole idea behind the Society of Protectors was that. Men have this cognitive dissonance growing up in in the way that they are, according to the SOP kind of program. They have this cognitive dissonance between the feelings that they have and what their role in society is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that they can't be both manly and super masculine and also be empathetic and, and in touch with their feelings and, yeah. and be emotional. Mm-hmm. And what SOP tried to do was to help men get in con basically help them understand women and understand emotion and understand what it what it is to be a man so they could be better men right and what struck me was it was the kind of thing that the the warrior retreat that I did uh, a couple of years ago wasn't society protectors no. But did aim to address that issue with mm-hmm. emotions and feelings and what happens to people when they bottle up their emotions and just stuff everything down the memory hole. And, mm-hmm. and, right. And so that, that was what kind of came out there. And I could see the draw for guys who wanted to recognize that there was something wrong in or, or couldn't figure out what their place was in things mm-hmm. and wanted to do something better. And it seems like on the surface, this program has the answers. Mm-hmm. Right. You create a tribe of people, mm-hmm. you know, the other protectors. And you're out there to keep, to, 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 to affect change and keep everybody safe. And nothing personified that more than the head of SOP when he found out about what happened to his wife. He didn't oh hesitate. God,
1: yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, you're getting ahead of me. I know, me. I'm getting ahead of you. You keep ha- okay. teasing this. I know. Okay, but, and this is the thing that what you're talking about that is something i mean we did an episode about that mm-hmm. about how important that is and how it it is wrong the way boys are raised yeah. to just rub dirt on it and don't cry and don't emote yeah, be and a don't man. Worry, you know be a man and and so when we talk about people like oh you know like masculinity is a crime no this sense of of that masculinity means that you you don't have any emotion or express any emotion or are in touch with your emotion or are able to talk That's about the, the things. That's, the, That's problem. the problem. There's nothing wrong with masculinity. I'm a fan
0: <laughs> of
1: masculinity.
0: Yeah. Just the non-toxic. But I like mind.
1: your brand of masculinity where you can also have a conversation about how you're feeling or what you need. And right. so that I can be a better partner to you. Yeah, And, and I think that that was the draw is that men and women that are straight and partnering with each other, want to understand each other better so that their relationships are better and and can communicate better with that sense of understanding. But then it curdles, and this is what Ranieri does. He draws everybody in Mm -hmm. under the guise of this really good concept, this really good idea, and then curdles it and turns it into this militaristic, misogynistic, fucking weird ass squicky monologue of men hate you women because y'all whine too much
0: well, so SOP became, there were techniques that, that were developed in that, like the readiness drills. Like you would have somebody would say, are you ready? And like everybody had to respond because you could get the call at any moment of any day yes. to be ready to act.
1: But that's military. Yes.
0: That's and, military training. And everybody would get together and they would have these physical punishments that they would endure. And then there was the Jeunesse program, which was the female kind of version of this, teaching women to be better women.
1: Yes, because, because, okay, and this is where it, this is well because is where because
0: because where this is going is that there were there were control techniques that were taught in SOP mm-hmm. that and then there was. Now you had a collection of women in this Jeunesse program mm-hmm. and eventually they crossed over and like men would do and women would do the opposite programs to kind of yes. understand, like I, walk a mile in their shoes. I think
1: it was, okay. You talk about what Jeunesse is and then
0: I'll and talk then, about what and then, that But was. Jeunesse ended up being basically this recruitment pool for something else That that is where this kind of all comes to a head.
1: So Jeunesse is is about making women less, to use his words, princessy. Mm-hmm right where the men are the protectors and the men do all these things but what do the women do where's your value how how do you, how do you become how do you become worthy of protection well, and, and and so what would happen is okay go
0: ahead well and what the way that Reneeri would explain it is that women are are they grow up in this bubble of protection right and then they, you know, as children, these little princesses, and then they grow up and they're kind of pushed out in the world, and they're they're confronted with all this oppression and all of this misogyny and everything, and they don't know what to do about it. And so Janessa was meant to try and like help them, yeah. And so they and so they just do out. nothing, yeah.
1: Right. And then and you know, on the other hand, men were raised to be protectors, but all they wanted was to be loved, and they never had that. Right. And so then I think what he did because you know it, 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 he would say people have come to me and asked me to do this thing and it's like did they and he or was never just,
0: he was never on the board of anything no, he was never an employee no. he like he was he, he was, removed himself his from, fingerprints were off of everything yeah. yet it was all because of him he was he was he was, he teflon. was the,
1: yeah he was the initiator yeah. he was the, but he he would he would say you know people have asked me you know there's women that want to be involved in the SOP you know, teaching and court programs and and men that want to be involved in the jeunesse programming. And so let's kind of put these things together. And what he was doing was testing this sort of master and slave dynamic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that would start to give rise to something else, right? Yeah. And a lot of the things that he was doing and saying in these mixed company programs was like, Super misogynistic and very. And he would always, like,
0: it's like when somebody says J.K. Like, well, like when, <laughs> when somebody is about to say something super offensive to you, but they say no offense beforehand, so you can't get offended about the offensive thing. He would say all these offensive things, these all these misogynistic and terrible things. And he'd be like, "But I'm just, I'm just helping you understand what what's going on out there. Like, I don't believe the things I'm saying, but this is like what men say." But it was totally
1: It's like men don't say yeah, this. Yeah,
0: like it, it, it was it was very clear it was him. It was like don't get offended. Like I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just I'm telling you what the mentality is and what all of and you're just like, no. And it's
1: like, is it is it their mentality or is that your mentality?
0: Yeah. Mr.,
1: you know, stalking, you know, having other people in your cult stalk your ex-girlfriend and make her uh, life a living hell. But yeah, so let's talk about Jeunesse as a recruitment ground. What what was the ultimate... Th- and and this, is, this is where it all comes to a head. The hubris, the step too far, all the shit where it's like, he gets so comfortable and so...
0: Well, he gets away feel- with things for he gets, so long.
1: Yeah, he gets away with so much for so long. And this is even after people... You know, Frank Parlotto starts his blog and there's an article here and there and somebody speaking out here and there and nothing's happening to him. Mm-mm. So... Then he takes that one step too far, and let's let's. This is where we need to talk about Alison Mack. You know more about her than I do.
0: So I was never a massive fan of Smallville, mm-hmm. but it was like the CW's Superman, Superman kind of teen drama series, mm-hmm. and she was in that show. I can't remember her character was. I think she was like Lois's friend or something like okay. that. She wasn't the star of it, but but. She was fairly recognizable. But character. Kristen Crook was Lois, yes, right? Was Lois, I who think was yes. also a member also, of, of Nexium, but and, she left. Yeah, and she through, didn't stay very long. And Through Sarah Edmondson, who was kind of on the west coast, she was in Vancouver, but she was part of like the west coast ca- Canadian film mm-hmm, industry. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of people from like Battlestar Galactica, a lot of women from the Battlestar Galactica series that were in Nexium and mm-hmm. you know, all this kind of stuff. And so Ali Mack gets into ESP and works her way. through up through it she ends up being the head of Jeunesse, Mm-hmm. and then creates this sort of splinter organization called dos yes. dos it's like do, it was like dominance over submission or something well like the, that. i okay so there's a latin on it
1: so the latin on it is dominus obsequious sororium okay so Basically, dominus means owners, mm-hmm. obsequious means compliance, and sororium means sisters. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's like kind of the direct translation. But the the translation that's given is Lord over the obedient female companions. Right. Okay.
0: Sold is like this sisterhood. Okay, so yeah,
1: so Alison Mack was the head of this. Mm-hmm. And
0: and it was kind of shadowy. It was not like an official sort of thing,
1: which I think added to the appeal.
0: Right, like there were websites and all these other things for all the other programs, but not. But this. DOS didn't have that.
1: So how it would work was this, and and it's again very ingenious from a psychological standpoint. The idea of feeling chosen.
0: Right, you were specially by another selected another woman. Usually a very respected woman. Yes. Somebody so, higher up in the program. So,
1: and I'm going to use Sarah's Sarah as an example mm-hmm. of how this would work. So Sarah gets approached by Lauren, who is also very, very high up. Was in, she the
0: daughter of the other co-founder? Nancy Saltzman, yeah. Yeah, We yeah. didn't talk a lot about Nancy because I don't. We don't really know much about her. We don't she's, really know much about her, she, but she is in everything, and yet there's no information about yeah, her. she was she... a therapist, and her and Keith came up with this, and she was super high. She's in all the videos and everything. But yeah,
1: she she was an expert in neuro linguistic programming, right? Which sounds really scientific, but it's really just hypnotherapy.
0: Yeah, it's type of hypnotherapy,
1: and. So, you know, she gets brought in and, and he, and this is the thing, he basically kind of does everything through her. Yes. But anyway, so Lauren is her daughter. Yeah. Who all super also high, very up, high up in, in the organization. And is basically Sarah's best friend. Mm-hmm. And so Lauren approaches Sarah and says, listen, so there's this women's group that, you know, like how powerful would it be if we all... If women banded together to do good things in the world. Instead
0: of fighting amongst themselves and And
1: and so there's this there's this new group, women's group, that is really working for me. It's really doing really good things for me. Would you like to be a part of it? And you go, Yeah. Like this is this is your best friend talking about something that's really working for her. You know, I mean, you talk about like women share like this is the best makeup and they go, Oh fuck yeah, I need that. Or right? the best or the, vibrator. Or the best well, that's true too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this thing's really working for me. Oh my god, that's cool. Where can if you I want to on? talk
1: about optimization, <laughs> anyway. So Sarah says, "Well, yeah, of course. I would, I want to be a part of that. I want to do good things. I want to, you know, deepen these relationships with women. And and as a woman, yeah, I feel that that is something that is a very, it's a very deep need to want to bond. With other women mm-hmm. on that level, because they're so, because women are shitty yeah. to each other, you know. You look at some people call it the sister wound, right? right? Where I, I, you know all about this. I've been hurt a lot deeper by other women than I have by men, mm-hmm. and so I think had I been offered an opportunity to have a deeper relationship with women that I loved and respected, that would be a great thing. Mm-hmm. So. Sarah agrees. And then Lauren says, well, but first we need collateral.
0: Yeah, we. Need, we you can only do this if you're really committed.
1: Yeah, And I can't and, even and, tell you what it's and, about. And women as princesses have no idea what commitment is. We can get out of, women can get out of everything. Mm-hmm. We can get out of relationships. We can get out of marriages. We yeah, can get out speeding of speeding tickets. We can get out of everything. So we need, you know, we have no idea what commitment is. And I can't talk to you about what this group is about until you make that commitment And so what, what would examples of, is it, is it collateral like you have at the bank? Well, no, No. it was
0: never financial collateral. It was emotional collateral.
1: So like what, what, for example? Well, it,
0: and it, it doesn't start at the most extreme side because again, nobody would do it if it started. But in Sarah's case, the collateral were things like. Her recording videos saying that her husband abuses their child, or saying disparaging things. I feel like
1: that. I mean, that doesn't seem like a not a big deal thing. Well, I mean, and, that seems like a big deal thing. Well,
0: but but because because Sarah said to Lauren, like I don't like well, I don't know what to offer, and she's like record these videos. They don't have to be true. They just have to be something that would be damaging to you if it got out.
1: Right to 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 solidify that commitment. So things like. Well, um, then, eventually, nude photos. N- nude
0: photos became, and and, and it was like, th-
1: but but there was that other woman that t- had talked about the deed to your house, or like it would, it would escalate, and you had to give collateral every month. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. To up that ante, to deepen your commitment to this group. Yeah. And so Sarah goes, okay, and because Lauren's her best friend, she's like, don't worry, like it's me.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't steer you. The Rock. Wrong. No. Yeah, yeah, it's me. <laughs> it's,
1: it's me. And and so she gives the collateral and then Lauren tells her what this is, what DOS is. Yeah. Now you're in. And basically, Lauren is now your master mm-hmm. and Sarah is her slave.
0: Yep. And, and you can't do shit unless your master gives you permission to do it. You can't eat. You can't go to sleep. You can't do anything. You can't go out. You can't go out. You can't send text messages. You got to And if your master contacts you, you have to respond within seconds 90, or 90 minutes seconds. or whatever otherwise there's going to be some kind of some form of punishment that's going to happen yeah all under the threat of your collateral being released at any right. at any point for non-compliance
1: right and the whole point is to make you accountable mm-hmm. and to make you a disciplined person and to make you a better person
0: mm-hmm. right and people were having to count like they they would have to ask for permission to eat
1: like i can i have this many calories? can i have
0: six grapes Yes, Yes, you may. Yeah. Right.
1: And so, and then what happens is, and and it seems like Ranieri is like a big fan of the pyramid scheme. Mm -hmm. He had a pyramid scheme in the 90s. Yeah, we didn't find
0: that out until like the second last episode. No, the last episode. Yeah. That
1: like his first business was an MLM. Nexium is an MLM. Yeah. Because it's like people people pay to take these courses and then you got to bring in other people to take the courses or the whole fucking thing topples. And then, and now DOS is... Is also a pyramid mm-hmm. scheme of fucking masters and slaves because once you get to a certain point and a certain level of, of of collateral, you get your own slaves. And then your master becomes their grandmaster. But nobody talks about how at the top is Allison Mack.
0: Yeah. Because nobody knows who anybody above their master is. No. Really it's all these little cells of just masters and slaves.
1: Right. And what they what none of them know is that at the very, very tippy tippy top is Keith Ranieri. Yeah. And he has completely removed himself from the narrative of this whole thing because it's it's all about the women.
0: It's about the women. And he's not a woman, so he doesn't know what it's like what the experience of a woman is, so he can't he can't dare deem to tell you a woman what a woman's experience is. So he kind of gives permission for this group to form and then ostensibly just never is part of it ever again. But that's not true. No.
1: And, and this is the, is that then everybody has secrets on each other and collateral on each other, and they use that to control them. Mm-hmm. And it's really effective. And, uh, you know, and then one night, mm-hmm. Sarah gets picked up.
0: Yep. Blindfolded.
1: From, she gets in the car. They blindfold her.
0: They drive her somewhere.
1: She suspects it's Allison Mack's home. Mm-hmm. They take her into a room. There's other women there. Mm-hmm. There is a massage table, which they get held down on. Cool. Am I getting a massage? <laughs> no. No. They are there to get branded.
0: Yeah. Probably the most sensational part of this whole thing is the fact that women got a brand on them.
1: Yes. And so the brand, and it's not a little, uh, it's not a little stamp. It is a cauterizing iron, mm-hmm. and we'll, it looks like
0: it's drawn well, on. Well, we'll put
1: we'll put we'll put a, an image of it in the show notes about what it is. But I'm going to okay. describe it to you now. So the way they the way they draw it on is they have the sky, which is a horizontal line, and then you have the mountains, which is like an upside down V, mm-hmm. and then you have the river underneath, and that is what you know, keeps you grounded to this earth and to everything about it and blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And so they hold these women down and brand them.
0: at right in kind of in the bikini area.
1: On their pelvis. Yeah. yeah. Like just a couple inches over from their vulva.
0: Yeah. So it would be contained in underwear.
1: Yes. But or a bikini. yeah, Or a
0: bikini. But other than that. hmm Yeah.
1: And that that's pretty much what does it for Sarah.
0: Yeah. She's out.
1: She's out. And that's when she's like, this is super fucked up and but for months yes
0: she goes months mhm after this happens recognizes that is fucked up mhm but doesn't tell her husband her husband who used nippy, to be who used to be well who was at the time the head of the SOP right and she has conversations with Lauren mm-hmm. and Lauren saying like look w- why is why is nippy so upset like you've had that brand for months now and he's never noticed it like Don't you guys have a problem? Is it the bigger issue, the problem in your relationship and your lack of intimacy? Like, how is he going to... And it became very clear that this wasn't just a brand of the sky and mountains and a river. No. There's actually a couple of things in there.
1: So if you look at it one way, it looks like the symbols of, you know, the Deathly Hallows style of sky and mountain and the river but when you turn it sideways, it's Keith Raniere's fucking initials. Well, and
0: Allison Mack's initials.
1: And Allison Mack's initials.
0: On them. So On them. So she tells Nippy. Yeah. He loses his shit. He does exactly what he has been saying or what he has been teaching and preaching in the and SOP. And trained to do. His His wife. Has been violated. Yeah, he goes fucking nuclear. Oh
1: yeah, and this is the thing I have to say: I was not a big fan of Nippy when he was no, introduced. No, because he is—he is,
0: he is a—he's a frat boy bro. <laughs> he absolutely is also a B-level actor. Yeah, but he is like he wears baseball caps and sleeveless tank tops backwards, and, and and backwards. Yeah, like he's a bro. Yeah, but don't like don't
1: fuck with his family. No, like he was, and and I I think I've been. Like, I was pleasantly surprised by his level of integrity and mm-hmm. intensity yeah. with, fuck this. Yeah. Like, and that was the point where it's like, listen, we got to fucking stop this. Yeah. We got to take this down. We got to, you know, and then, you know, then it becomes, you know, the things start to cascade into. So,
0: sh- so Sarah is able to then, when this happens, go to Mark, who's out at that point. Yes. mark and bonnie yeah mark and bonnie be like yeah i got this like yeah uh, i know that there has been there's this group she basically talks about it in the third person like she's not part of it Mm -hmm. and mark asks her point blank like how do you know have you seen one of these brands and she's like yes i have one Uh, well she doesn't say anything and he's like do you have a brand yes yeah i know it's like Like, it's
1: super like yeah it like all
0: all all done in recorded conversations from the past or videos or like it's just it's it's so i can't even as an editor of this podcast (laughs) i can't even imagine the amount of work it took to Mm -hmm. compile all of this footage all of this audio everything Mm -hmm. and create a narrative to know and Index everything you have and create something that is so compelling as a story. Right. I didn't know who, who Mark was before, no. but holy fuck man, this guy is a documentarian on the next level. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, definitely.
1: And and this is this is the thing is that, you know, that sense of betrayal. Like when I think about Mark and Nippy, talk about trying to understand mm. men. Mm-hmm. And that sense of betrayal and rage. And oh, I think we left out the most important part about Doss is what the whole point of it was, was to create a bunch of slaves. A lot of them were being groomed for and indeed did have sex with Keith. Yeah. That was basically the point. That was Was, the point of it. Was to create a community of sex
0: slaves for
1: Keith. Now, Sarah was never groomed for
0: that. No, she never did. And, and but, she was also the highest ranking ESPN, ESPN.
1: ESPN, yes. But Lauren was having sex with Keith. Yeah. As were a lot of the women. The, the, but it seemed like... And what does her mom Nancy have to say
0: about that? I feel like she
1: was fucking him too, but I don't know. I don't yeah, know. They I, never, they never, they never said that. But you're like, no, how they is didn't. that possible? Yeah, it's really... And the only other one that... that, that Got out without having sex with Keith. That was a higher up. Seemed to be sa- same sex oriented. They also didn't mention that, but it seems like. And and there was she was like, yeah, I'm not buying it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this shit doesn't. Yeah. Uh, she yeah. wasn't magnifi- magnetized by the dick. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, and 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 that's and then enter Catherine Oxenberg of yes. of, of Dynasty Dynasty fame. Yes, in the eighties, and she's actual royalty. I just want to say, like, one of my favorite moments was when so her daughter India is also very high up in Nexium
0: in, in and also and she, in DOS
1: and also in DOS and she's trying to get her out yeah. and so this is kind of like and she kind of takes over the story at a certain point she becomes very important because because she's, she's beautiful very, she's
0: very well connected and she's
1: very well connected and she and she's in she's in LA and she has access to all these different talk shows and stuff like that so she she brings the story but there's a point where she's driving and she actually hooks up with uh, with Frank Parlotto yeah. to sort of get all of their shit together but she's driving well
0: before that her mom comes to visit at yeah. the beginning of this of her introduction in the documentary and she picks her mom up from the airport mm-hmm. and her mom isn't just some like you know retiree she's fucking princess catherine
1: yeah and this this is like so
0: a monaco or something right yeah
1: so they're so she's driving coming back from
0: as this is progressing. From Frank's
1: house or to Frank's house. And She's talking to her mom on the phone and saying, you know, I've got this mini- meeting with the attorney general. I've, I'm gathering all my evidence, blah, 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 blah. We need to you get know, in touch with the Dalai Lama. Need, we need to get a message to the Dalai Lama that he's been duped and whatever. And her mother says, well, okay, well, I'll have a, a word with Charles because, you know, he's, you know, he has...
0: He has in, a personal in, connection with him. Personal connections with him. And she also knows a bunch of the Lamas that...
1: Yeah, her I mom better. knows the lot. She goes, yeah. I'll go back in my diary and see if I can find the contact yeah. information. And she's like, Okay, cool. Okay, thanks, Mom. Thanks, kiss, kiss, kiss bye-bye. kiss. bye-bye. And the producer says, Who is Charles? Yeah. And she goes, Oh, Prince Charles.
0: The Charles. <laughs>
1: the Charles. The Charles. She said, My mom, my mom is his second cousin. And you're just kind of like, Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like, it was just so like, you know. We need to talk to Charles because you know he can do the thing and whatever. And you go and Charles is like, is it Charles dance? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, oh no no no, Tyrion, Prince Charles. And you're like,
0: what? Or Tywin? The fuck! Yeah.
1: It's 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 crazy. Is mm-hmm. it, it is where she's connected, and so she she kind of she kind of brings it all together.
0: Her her thing, the struggle that she has is that in the course of trying to get her daughter out of. Nixium, she ends up having to implicate her in human trafficking
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and she's like I would rather my daughter be in jail than be yes yeah.
1: and that brings out another theme too is that as a parent at what point do you or to what degree do you let go of your children and allow them to just you know if you if you contrast Catherine Oxenberg with Edgar Bronf- Bronfman Bronfman mm-hmm. I find that really hard to say bromine. It's the N and the F. Yeah, it
0: doesn't, kind of, it doesn't it's go. A weird consonant uh,
1: you know, at what point do you just go, well, it's their life and Yeah, whatever. well, I
0: guess they're gonna do what they're gonna do.
1: As a parent, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you decide? Like, and because you know, India's like, you're ruining my life. Yeah, and you're and these threatening are I care these are people I care about. Why are you yeah. doing this and all that kind of stuff? Stop. And you go, and I think I think Catherine says something very astute where she she says, you know, sometimes being a good parent means that your child hates you yeah. for a certain amount of time. And I think anybody who has teenagers can attest to that and say, Yep, pretty yeah, much. That's, that's like, pretty much how that goes. Where they say yeah. that to you. I yeah. hate you, you're ruining my life. And and India seems like that sort of petulant teenager where it's like, Do you not see what's happening here? Mm-hmm. You know? And she's clearly being manipulated by Keith and you know, if you think he's amazing and he pays all this attention to you, you can see why people are so protective of it, yeah, yeah. of being the favored ones yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But I just thought that was such an interesting where she, oh, you know, Charles, we need to speak to Charles. But as a parent, you know, your heart goes out to her mm-hmm. to, where she's she's like screaming in the dark kind of thing. Yeah, and because you know they finally they finally sort of get their story to the New York Times, which comes out right after Me too. the Weinstein case yeah. breaks and the Me Too movement takes hold. And one could argue that these pleas would continue to fall on deaf ears if not for the power of the Me Too movement well, and, and, and all of the publicity that that garnered at that time.
0: Mark and Sarah, I and mean Sarah especially was featured in the New York Times article, mm-hmm. but Mark and Sarah took the branding to the fbi yes and the fbi said it was consensual therefore it's not it's not our we can't bring a case we can't launch an investigation into this right but through this strategy of media pressure Mm -hmm. and it post me too they were able to make the case or attempted to make the case of human trafficking and the fact that 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 all of these things that happened, the deprivation and, yeah. and everything. Well,
1: and not and I mean and I, control
0: I meant think, that they couldn't give consent. I
1: think I think when they had enough evidence to prove the blackmail, yeah. like with the idea of these women giving collateral and all this stuff that would come out, that is what makes it non-consensual. Yeah, is the blackmail. The blackmail, and that's what it eventually kind of brings them down. On you know human trafficking charges and and so you know when and the
0: vow hasn't gone there yet this, no, the first, no 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 the it's first be the season ends. there's another season coming this year it yeah says, yeah yeah, MVB, but. yeah
1: but i think you know and mark says something also very it was moving for me when he talks about how he didn't as a child and as a young man growing up He didn't identify with traditional masculinity. Right. He grew Um, up in South Africa. He grew up in South Africa. And he talked about, he's like, I was a girly guy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I didn't like all that stuff. I didn't want to get into fights and rough house and do all that, all that stuff. And
0: And South African culture is very macho.
1: Yes. But I think what I, what I put in my notes there at that time was that because my whole thing is why I felt like that him growing up like that and not identifying with that traditional masculinity and looking for something else left him wide open for Raniere because that relationship was very important to him. To have a man that seemed to be sensitive and intelligent and be in touch with their feelings and to understand what other people are feeling. It's a
0: validation to Mark about the way he is. Yes. And that his version of being a man is, is acceptable.
1: And unfortunately this ability for Ranieri to pull out people's vulnerabilities and their fear and their shame and their guilt allowed him, gave him all the tools he needed Mm. to control these people and to, you know, to, disastrous result yeah and i i the humanity of this story you know it it has a profound effect on me because i think that there are a lot of things that are this is it's kind of a hallmark of the time that we're living in right now Hmm. with kind of the rise of QAnon and and it's it's extension of its tentacles into the wellness space and Mm -hmm. places that people think they're safe Yeah. From all of those. And there's a lot of really dark shit going on in a lot of places that you think should be or would be positive spaces for people to be. And I... Well,
0: people let their guard down because they think it's a safe space. Right. And then that makes them just so much more vulnerable. Right. And
1: not because they're weak and not because they're stupid and not because we're all... And especially right now where we've all been isolated for a long time. And on guard
0: for a year, And we just
1: want connection we want yeah. to get back to that sense of a, a, a community and and like-mindedness instead of all this divisiveness that we've been dealing with right so and especially and again like the thing with with Doss really pisses me off and hurts me right down in the cockles because women tend to trust other women before yeah. they trust men and when the person that is quite literally blackmailing you into slavery.
0: Is your best friend. Is your
1: best friend. It's it it fucks with your mind. Right. And your sense of things. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to get into like, you know, the the women that Weinstein used to lure other women into his space or Ghislaine Maxwell. You know, her luring women in her for Epstein. With Jeffrey
0: Epstein. Yeah, yeah, it's or just the idea of a honeypot, right? Like,
1: yeah, the idea of a honeypot, and that's and that's what the that's it's what the
0: Russians were really adept at using to get secrets out of the West. Yeah, yeah. but that but that the Soviets. But the that's Soviets. using
1: that's using women to get at men. Mm-hmm. Using women to get at other women yeah. is a whole other level of shittiness that I think is so damaging to the collective. Yeah. That this needs and and. I think what strikes me when I when I talk to people about this, how many people go, oh, "I'm not I've not heard of that.
0: What?" About Nexium. Yeah. Well, because it, it, it I remember it made headlines. There was, you know, Alison Mack was arrested and mm-hmm. and Ranieri was arrested and the trial happened and I didn't even know that he had been convicted of it.
1: Well, I mean, it was October 2020. We were kind of busy.
0: No, but 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 I all I knew is the trial happened, and yeah. then that was no, it. I didn't yeah. even know what the result was. It was like we moved on to something else. It was right. like I don't know did did Kevin Spacey come out at that point? Like, what was the next big scandal in Hollywood that kind of drowned it out? Right? Well, think Cosby. about think,
1: think about the, what was happening around the end of October. Like, we were staring in the face of like a major election in the United States. Well, no, so
0: that's all we were thinking. about. Sure, but but that trial wasn't in 2020. That trial was in 2019.
1: Sure, but like I like I said, I think I think. But he didn't get sentenced until 2020. I know. So that's what I'm saying. I think it just kind of got buried and we were just busy with other Mm, shit and we just didn't notice it. But just not, I think that there are a lot of lessons to learn through this, this whole Nexium mess. And for me as a woman, in particular with Doss and Jeunesse, that more than ever, we need strong female role models and and. Women in our lives that lift us up without shame and without your own agenda, and that's that's really what it what it what offends me about this.
0: And and even in the name, they were hiding this in plain sight. Yeah, they were. Janess is a play on the god Janus, which is where we get the month January from. Mm -hmm. And Janus was the two faced god. Wow. Looking forward and backwards so january is looking at the new year yeah, and also the, okay, the old okay. year right that's why. Wow. that's why we have our new, year, new year's day is the start of the western calendar what new the year fuck? my brain just exploded and it's, it's literally right there yeah like, yeah we're gonna model our women's group after the two-faced, the two-faced god. god oh my
1: god yeah yeah yeah
0: <sighs> yeah the etymology of that is just i mean I,
1: I mean dos is a little bit more but i mean how many people are gonna look shit up You know, they have all these.
0: They're so busy and not sleeping and doing volleyball like and not eating and and not eating and over
1: exercising and and and, and and busy
0: running courses and doing all this stuff for
1: permission to fucking do shit. Nobody's got extra time to do that. No, and
0: everybody that's close to you is involved in some form or fashion in the organization, so they also don't have time. Mm -hmm. It's only when your mother's a famous actress and and you know you've disappeared that there's some. who also she introduced yeah. India to. Yeah, she to did. US. She
1: did courses for a couple of years, and yeah. she was like, you know what, this is fucked up. I'm yeah. out. So, what's your take home on this one? Kind oh, of your overall.
0: Jeez. <sighs> <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get tired. I, I like. I hope they run out of material to talk about cult leaders, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'll ever get tired of the fascination of how somebody can garner the power that a cult leader. Mm-hmm. Ken Garner. We started watching the one about David Koresh. Oh yeah, um, the Branch Davidians. Yeah, um, and and just Waco. W- Waco, yeah. Which
1: is a dramatization, but and still is a dramatization, super but it's well based done,
0: based on based on on true true events. And mm. I just the capacity for people to control other people, mm-hmm. and the sense of people and the exploitation of people's need to belong for nefarious purposes. Mm-hmm. It's the boiled frog analogy that we talked about in relationships all over again. Mm-hmm. If they came at you and said, join this program, you're going to get a brand on your pubic area. Nobody's going to fucking do that. <laughs> right. right? Mm-hmm. But the long game to get there just yeah blows my mind. I, I, I'm both in awe and in disgust of the fact that something like this could happen. Mm-hmm. And I feel pain for the men and women who were exploited, but who also now, in the wake of it, question everything that they've done and especially when you talk about talk about people who are high up like sarah who ran the vancouver center Mm -hmm. or mark who was on the board or nippy who was the head of sop brought people in brought people in some of those people and they've alluded to it but they haven't specifically said some of those women ended up in dos yeah you go like i can imagine it it's bad enough when you're in a relationship with somebody and then you break up and you realize they weren't the person you thought you were and you get all fucked up about like, am I, like, can I read people properly? Am I bound? Mm-hmm. But that level of shit mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. you know, a million? Right. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it. What's your take home?
1: I mean, I talked about the whole women fucking up other women and
0: using other women. That, that So it's a, it's, a, it's a raw nerve with you for sure. That's
1: a raw nerve with me. But I think the take home for me is that we need to show each other compassion and empathy and love so that it's not, people don't have to go to such great lengths to yes. get it.
0: The damage that is done to people that makes them ripe for this kind of exploitation is the root. Mm-hmm. Of all of this,
1: I think I think that's the part that, where I think if if this if this kind of love and acceptance and connection and community wasn't so rare, yeah, it wouldn't Nexium would never exist. No, if
0: you didn't have to do volleyball at three in the morning to be part of something to, to be a good person, yeah, like yeah, I see and, what you're saying. And yeah.
1: and and the, and the that sense of you don't need someone else to tell you how to be a better person. You know what you need to do, you know, like so much of what you think is outside of you Mm -hmm. is not. Mm -hmm. But, but I think, yeah, the, the number, the number one thing is, is about how we need to normalize community and connection Mm -hmm. and, and acceptance and love and encouragement, you know, just, just in general. I I think,
0: you know, here in Canada, we are kind of late spring 2021. Mm. Things are starting to open up or will be opening up again soon. Mm. I think people are going to, that that isolation and deprivation of social contact, I think is going to make people a bit more aware of it and mm. understand how precious it is. And, and maybe that will help insulate people against future versions of people like Keith Raniere.
1: And that's a great point too, I think. This week in particular, I'm starting to feel a real sense of optimism Yeah, that I haven't felt for a really long time. It, it had been so long, in fact, that I didn't quite
0: recognize the but, feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's, it's, oh, it's like, it's like, a, it's like an old friend that you yes. forgot is, is even still alive. Hello.
1: <laughs> but yeah, and, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm optimistic for a lot of things, but perhaps for people being. Kinder, gentler, more joyful, more, more loving towards each other. You know, as we start to come out of this. So, yeah, you're right. I think that's a great point. It's a great place to to finish up. I think, don't you?
0: I think so. Yeah. So, if you like the podcast, leave a review, like, follow, share, share. Uh, Apologies, these last couple of weeks. Apple's upgraded their platform and so it's pushing the episode out a little bit later But we'll try and work on that. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out Mm -hmm. that issue will have been fixed
1: And if you have any thoughts about this if you if you have any If you have any suggestions for future shows, we'd love to hear from you Mm -hmm. I always love hearing from our listeners about things that Resonated with them or that made them laugh. Yeah, it's great to hear from you. We're 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 on instagram twitter We have our website. Yep just uh, come yeah, and say, say hi.
0: com. We'll get you all that. We'll get yeah. you all that stuff.
1: Come say hi. We love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. See you next
0: time. Bye.